This is episode 128 of the Creative Giant Show. I'm Charlie Gilkey. Thanks so much for joining me. This is a question and answer episode. We're going to answer three questions like we normally do. Those three questions revolve around how to take a good idea and start taking action on it without it being overwhelming, how to talk to your business team around goals and finances without it getting awkward, and the last one is which of our planners to start with to get um, your creative energy going. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. All right, Angela, thanks so much for joining me again on... How many question and answer episode is this? Is this our fifth? Uh, this is our eighth one. All right. Wow. We're on eight? Yep. I was still on five. So Okay. Well, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably know these things. All righty. So go ahead and give the context for the first question. All right. Sure will. So our first question comes from the campfire, uh, which is where we source a lot of our questions from. Um, and we're really lucky that we've got some great people in there who are asking some great questions. So the first question's from Allison, and she would love to know how to get out of planning and research and into production. She says, I'm a nutritional wellness coach, and I'm restructuring things and want more flow and connectivity between my opt-ins, low and mid-tier offerings, and service offerings. I have a good idea of the overall concept, but keep getting stuck in planning as it's such a big undertaking, and I guess I don't know where to start. Yeah, that's a tricky one, because on the one hand, we would want to do a full customer journey map and mm-hmm. say, where are all these different products and offers going to be? What are our low, our low offers, our mid offers, and our high end offers? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, a lot of that is just unknown stuff, right? You don't know what you're creating. You can kind of have an idea out there. You also don't know what people are going to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically what I would want to do is just look at something like that in a four-part funnel, right? Where you have the free stuff at the top. You have the low-cost stuff that's right below that. Normally, it's within a easy-to-purchase, not-so-hard-to-justify price range. Mm-hmm. You have a, mid- a medium tier that takes people, um, takes people a little bit further. And then you have your low tier, your your um, high tier. Now there are all sorts of different ways that you can do funnel building and, and customer journey mapping. But I think what what I see is when I look at businesses like that, we see that there's a major gap between a few things. Typically, that middle gap is one of the least substantiated things. So we go from really low cost things to really high cost things, and there's nothing in that mm-hmm. middle. So um, a few ways to think about this. Typically, the more of your one-on-one attention that something takes, the further down the funnel it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we normally see things that are infinitely scalable at the top. So ebooks, um, books, products, things that people can buy and use themselves tend to be at the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, things that require your one-on-one attention and you looking right at it are at the bottom. Um, and so a few things to look at is in this middle here is where we start getting into group and one to many scenarios, right? So mm-hmm. you're talking teleseminar or not teleseminars. I sound like this is 2000, right? But you're talking, <laughs> um, group teaching, you're talking group coaching, you're talking, um, 
um, things like that, that you can pull a lot of people in where they still have enough room to interact and learn. Um, but it's not one-on-one, but it's not scalable, like infinitely scalable, um, Mm -hmm. at the top. What I'll say though, is a lot of people get really stuck in this. And what I would most say is rather than where, if you get stuck, rather than worrying about the full funnel Mm -hmm. or the full customer journey, um, go back to what I like to call your top five problems, right? Um, people ask you the top, the same five things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So um, go back and see the different ways that you can create products and services around those different types of things, right? So if they ask this question, it would become, is this something that I can write down and share in some type of book, workbook format? Mm-hmm. Is this something that I need to teach to many people at once? Or is this a one-on-one thing? And you can kind of look at those five questions and say, okay, is this... Um, is this a product that I can sell infinitely? Is this something that I need to do in a group or is this something I need to do one-on-one? And then once you have that mapped out, it's, it can be an easy way to flip that or to get that funnel generated Mm -hmm. because you'll see pretty quickly where things are lining up and then go with the thing that you're asked about the most, Mm -hmm. um, and solve that problem and then go to the next one and then go to the next one. Um, that's a rough guideline. Obviously, there are different business contexts in which you might want to do something different than that. But mm-hmm. if you're getting stuck, that's a pretty foolproof, foolproof path to get you going. Um, you pick that one and then the last the, the one offer that you're going to do. And then the last thing is you focus on that until you're complete. Yeah. Right. You don't keep jumping back and forth to another thing. So you get that one out there um, and you, that starts to anchor your funnel. Right. And anchoring the funnel is the idea that when you're um, in strategic customer development mode, which is what we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you don't have the actual products or services to anchor um, what's in your what's in this customer journey. Um, but the more you get things developed, the more it puts an actual real thing in the ground that you can then um, create something else to contrast or supplement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it a lot easier. But if it's if you don't have any of those anchors in the ground, it's all sort of up in the air. Yeah. And just not sure, you know, what to do. So yeah. that's what I would say. If if the you know, working through the um the four tier funnel um way of thinking about it is too much, go to your top five questions or your top five problems. Figure out the best service the best offering that that most makes the transformation happen. Pick one, get it done, move to the next one. Great. I love that. You know, we hear about the funnel quite a bit, um, but I really love that idea of thinking about like, what do people ask you about all the time? What problem are you always solving? What are you always helping them with? And using that as a jumping off point. That's great. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason we make this harder is because we, as the expert and as the craftsperson, mm-hmm. like you always want to do like the really new thing that's on the edge. Right. Yeah. And you want to do something different, but you know, unless you're an expert or unless you're someone that's experienced a lot of those things, mm-hmm. you're not really showing up with really complex and advanced problems. Yeah. Um, and so if you're a nutritional um, wellness coach, Right. You might want to get into some really, you know, health optimization stuff, Mm -hmm. but people might come to you with basic diet questions. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's where part of the tension um, lies is that we think that we are going to be of more service going and being like making those really edge expert things. But Mm -hmm. most of the people coming to us are going to need fairly, um, 
fairly, I, I won't say generic, but they're going to need their ba- the bases covered. Yeah. Now, the question from a positional point of view is how do you make, how do you cover those bases in a way that's still unique to you that stands out, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't compete with Wikipedia. You're always going to lose, mm-hmm. right? You can't compete with um, just sort of generic advice out there. You're always going to lose. So how do you take the conventional stuff that you do need to cover Mm-hmm. Give it your own voice, give it your own style, and make it really relevant and useful for your audience. That's the trick um, when you're covering sort of 101, early 201 stuff. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, our next question um, also comes from the campfire, and this is from Jen. She says, I've recently been looping in my teammates to my 2017 strategic goals. However, I hesitate to share revenue numbers because I don't want the team to get the wrong impression, including, wow, I should get a bonus. Any suggestions on if or how to discuss the financial side of the business with a small team? Great. So the first thing to talk about is with the bonuses, right? Because if your business doesn't give bonus, even if you did make an absurd amount of money, right? It's still like, wow, I deserve a bonus. May not... um, may not be valid for your business. Mm -hmm. So part of this is actually scenario planning. Um, And scenario planning is just the the basic um, thought process of assuming what happens with different scenarios play out. So assume that you 5X your business revenue next year. Mm -hmm. Well, what would you do? How would that affect, you know, the financials? How would that affect the operational stuff? How would that affect your goals? How would that affect your strategy? So sort of the FOGS format, right? Financials, operational, goals, and strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you can work backwards from there. Okay. So if this were to happen, this is what I would do. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times when we're in, um, bootstrapping mode for our business, mm-hmm. we only think about like what's right in front of us yeah, and what's possible right now. Mm-hmm. And what's possible right now is different than what's going to be possible a year from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're doing a good job building your business, your financial realities now are going to be different than they are going to be a year from now. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Um, scenario planning can really help. Also thinking about whether, um, you know, you are going to provide bonuses, benefits, so on and so forth. A lot of times in, again, bootstrapping mode, especially when you're hiring 1099s, mm-hmm. you're just thinking in terms of expenses for their invoices, right? But as you start thinking about, do I need to hire W-2s? Do I need to make that switch? That's where you can start thinking a lot more about, um, benefits and bonuses. Mm-hmm. Now, that's sort of set up there. Another thing to remember is that revenue actually doesn't tell you a whole lot about what's going on in a business. Yeah, um, It's really profit that matters. Mm-hmm. And where things get sticky... Um, okay, so there's a business methodology or sort of mindset called open book management. Mm-hmm. And with open book management or OBM... Um, it's, it's what it sounds like. Everyone has access to your books mm-hmm. and everyone knows what's going on. There's 100% transparency. So there's actually a spectrum here between 100% transparency where everybody knows everything, including what everybody else in the business makes mm-hmm. to everybody knows everything except for revenue or except for payroll is cloaked. So we know how much we're spending on payroll, but we don't know who gets paid what. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have the rest of the financials go. Um, so there are different gradations there. Mm-hmm. Um, in my work with clients, I find 100% OBM to be really challenging for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, largely because um, 
they haven't done the research to see what the market rates are for certain positions. Mm-hmm. And then they may or may not be able to pay people the for real market rate for those positions. Uh-huh. And so if they show all that information, someone figures out, hey, wait a second, I'm making $20,000 less than I could be somewhere else. Yeah, This is a problem. Um, so what I would say about this is you can share revenue goals and it not be that contentious because no one knows how the business eats that money up, mm-hmm. right? Um, we don't know how much you're spending in payroll across the team. We don't know whether you're paying off taxes that you had last year. We don't know if you're paying off debt that you accrued to get here. There are all sorts of things that would pull out a revenue mm-hmm. um, that people may or may not need to know. Okay, um, It's when you start wanting to show profit numbers that things get a little bit trickier. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, as a start, I would recommend, um, if you were to do that, to have a modified profit and loss statement or a modified financial sheet that shows um, basically the people cost of your business mm-hmm. and then all the other costs, but doesn't show what each person is making in the business because we're weird as humans. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm happy with what I get paid until I figure out that you make a little bit more than I do. Yeah. And then I'm not happy with what I get paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so um, that would be the first place to start there. Um, I think where the fear is coming from, from Jen is that um, it may be that in general she's um, undercompensating her people, mm-hmm. right? So if she does better, then she thinks that, you know, maybe that's there. It may just be fear in the relationship. It can be really strange to be an employer, mm-hmm. right? If I mean, it's not something – we're not born employers, yeah. right? No one really teaches you how to do it before, you know, you get into business. And so there are some peculiarities there around that that can be really challenging. But I do say that um, it is good to think about bonuses and what that would look like Mm -hmm. um, if you had the finances, if you had a really good year, or if you didn't have a good year. Um, Another point on here, I probably should have listed these in somewhat of a logical order, but hey, um, it's sort of a riff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think too often founders and owners stress about um, the pay side of things mm-hmm. and how much people are getting paid um, and whether they deserve bonuses on top of that. And I, I think it's really important to pay people well. I'm going to start there, mm-hmm. right? Paying people well, good thing, do it. Yeah. And keeping in mind that having a business that regularly pays its employees, it provides a good culture for them to work at, that provides great meaningful work, that's not stressful, so on and so forth. Like, that is itself part of the relationship. It's not like mm-hmm. it's that and then all this other stuff that you have to do. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I say this is I've, I've noticed with some clients and it's like, well, they did a great job and I, and you know, they should earn more. I'm like, but you're already paying them to do a great job, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to pay them to pay them to do a bad job and then pay them to do a great job. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Like, so, um, that's really something that I want people to think about more when you're when you're employing. Like, how do you build the team, the culture, the mission, the projects, the way that people collaborate, um, the relationships that people have, so that it's in a really really good space, mm-hmm. um, so that the work there is actually the benefit. It is a benefit. Yeah. Right. Um, and especially if you're in a volatile, if your local economy is volatile, or as we go through periodic episodes of. Um, it being hard to find a good job, mm-hmm. like, you know, providing a really good place for people to work 
um, is a huge benefit. Yeah. Um, people knowing that they're going to get paid at a certain time, huge benefit. Um, a huge benefit if you're you really growing your business and going W-2 is providing health insurance for people. Right. I know ACA, sorry, um, the Affordable Care Act in the United States provides some of that. But, you know, the more and more that you can make the day to day reality in your job, in, in your place of employment, great. Mm-hmm. The less um, you have to worry about sort of that excess entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Thank you. That was great. Okay. So our next question, um, last question for today is also from the campfire. And they're asking, do you have any suggestions on which of your tools or planners I could start with that will help me harness my creative pull um, and get back in the game? So to get back in the game, the tool that I would go with is the Productivity Jumpstarter. Um, And that one is designed to do exactly what it tells you to do. We try, believe it or not. To, to name our planners so that it tells you what it does on the tin, right? You, mm-hmm. you don't have to guess what it is. So the Productivity Jumpstarter is great because it just gives you um, a, three slots on two different halves of the paper where you just pick a verb to start with and um, you set a goal and you, um, you go from there. And mm-hmm. so it's really in that place where if you're stuck and you don't know what to do, um, that, that one really helps you. I think that one paired with the action item catcher, again, tells you what it does. Those two are really great because as you get going with the jump starter, more stuff might stop popping up mm-hmm. and you can just jot it down on the action item catcher and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to a lot of people is they get stuck and they'll kind of um, they'll kind of hover around there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then once they get going, all the stuff that they haven't been thinking about doing starts flooding to them. And so then you get into sort of hummingbird brain where you're like jumping here and jumping there and jumping here and jumping there. Right. Yeah. And so that's what really the action item catcher is designed to do mm-hmm. is to help you give that one place that you could just jot it down and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have tools like OmniFocus, um, this is a Mac program, one of my favorites. Um you know, it has some of that built into it. It has a quick, it has a way that you can quickly drop off task, but a lot of times people can even get distracted by that. So, um, that's where those two in tandem can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Um, the, if you were going to keep rolling, I would then suggest one of two planners. Mm -hmm. Um, one would be the weekly momentum planner. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason I would go with that one is because it's, the time scale or the time scope on that one is such that normally we know what we need to do this week and we don't have to do a whole lot of like thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's not so hard. You can probably sit down in 10, 15 minutes and figure out the things that you need to do. Um, and so that one will help you chunk and figure out what, what you're going to do over the days and sequence it out so that you actually see how you're going to get it done. Yeah. So that one's a, a good one when you're especially stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you do have the, the place where you're starting to get a little bit more um, of your wits about you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I would recommend the monthly momentum planner mm-hmm. because I find that the monthly view is like the perfect view for a lot of people. It's far enough out that you can start to see the shape of your projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and without going into so much detail that you go into hummingbird brain again. Yeah. Um, but it's not so far out that you've got to go back and really figure out what you're going to be doing for the year. And like, they're not that big of thoughts. Right. So I, I tend to um, want people to think about and, and get really in tune with what span of time 
that they're comfortable with visioning and planning. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're really stuck, um, you've drunk too much caffeine, productivity jump starter might be the way to go because you don't have to worry about how much time you could just get going mm -hmm. and not do that sort of thing where you're just on Facebook or email. Um, yeah. If you're feeling like, okay, I actually do want a little bit of structure. I can sit down. Um, that's where I think opening up the weekly momentum planner or the monthly momentum planner is the way to go on that one. Um, mm -hmm. What I want to say here is like so many of the planning tools out there assume that you're going to be in the same frame of mind every time you sit down yeah. to do it. Right. And the reality is you're not right. Some days for whatever reason, you might be really foggy, mm -hmm. right? And you need a different tool that will help you not necessarily get unfogged because that may or may not happen. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's a tool that can help you um, keep moving even through the fog. Yeah. Right. There are other days where you're foggy and you can get you can get that fog lifted. So, um, for instance, if you're going through a period of um, emotional distress. Mm hmm. You know, doing your quarterly and annual planning, that may not be what's helpful for you, Yeah. right? It may just be, I'm just going to get through this week, mm -hmm. right? That's all, I can that's all I can handle right now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Get through the week. That's the job, right? Yeah. Um, and so I know sometimes it can be confusing with our planners because we have a lot and it's probably, I mean, it's definitely much easier if I'm on like a monthly momentum call or I'm in real time with person, I'm just like, whoa, 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 you're not there. Use this one, mm -hmm. right? And But I know if you're looking at it, especially on the free planners page, you're looking like, wow, there's like 10 or there might be 12 now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you're like, there's a lot there. Well, it's because what I'm trying to do mm -hmm. is give you different tools to fit where you might be. Yeah. And these tools are all generated from work with clients and teaching and just, you know, um, being out and about and being a creative person myself. And so I'm like, oh, crap. Um, in a perfect world, it would be a bunch of nested if-then statements, right? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling this way, then use this. Um, if, you're, um, got the, if you've got your monthly and weekly plan figured out, then just use the daily action plan, right? Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I can't necessarily for every person build the if-then statement for them. So, yeah. um, but to answer the question from the campfire, um, if you're stuck and you want to get going, the jump starter and the action item catcher, great place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, if you get a little bit more, um, forward thinking going and you get a little bit more momentum going, um, gauge whether you want to move to the weekly moment and planner or the monthly moment and planner. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, well, that was our last question for today. Anything else you want to throw in there or add? You know, I think the the trend that's above all three of these, right, is really mm -hmm. around taking. Um, let's see what I, what I want to say here. Um, I'll pause. I was talking to a client yesterday, a new client, and I realized something about myself that I needed to tell her mm -hmm. because it's maybe different than the way that other people work through it. I tend to, and Angela, you know this about me, mm -hmm. whenever I'm going to start doing something, I actually start like ordering and grouping things before I start working on those things. Mm -hmm. So I start putting like things with like things and I'm always sort of chunking things down into smaller parts. Yeah. Um, even before I start working on it, right? Because I get overwhelmed 
by a big mess, I get overwhelmed. And I just can't think clearly. But if I can like, okay, these things are all like A. I'm going to put all these like things with A and then decide more about them. Mm -hmm. These things are all like B. I'm going to put them in things like B and then decide about them. Um, and I was doing this yesterday with a client because mm-hmm. um, I was like, okay, so we've got this and we've got these. We have the buckets. Um, and I was starting to lay it out. And she was like, um, but what are we doing for each thing in the thing, in the bucket? And I was like, oh, well, we group first and then we decide specifically what we're doing for each. Mm-hmm. Now, that in that general way of grouping and chunking and sort of blocking things is actually what we've done in two of the questions today, mm-hmm. right? In the first one with um, with Allison's questions about the funnel, it was like, okay, we group the things based upon the problems people asked. Mm-hmm. Then we decide what to do about things in each of those groups. Mm-hmm. And then based upon that, we decide what to do from there. It's basically the way of working through that. Yeah. Same thing with the planners just now, right? Um in, the, in a way of we're going to sort of try to f- sort where you, where your mindscape is mm-hmm. and then determine what to do rather than determining what to do and then figuring out what your mindscape is. Mm-hmm. So for some people, that's either backwards or foreign. For other people, it's perfectly logical. But for any problem that, that you come up with, what I want you to start thinking about is um, if – Really trying to figure out everything that needs to happen at the beginning is stumping you. Mm-hmm. Don't do that, right? Instead, start trying to group things by like things, right? Mm-hmm. What, what are these things are like this or what of these things seem to be related? And you group it by relations and then you can go and take your next step from there. Because some of those things, yeah. like it will naturally emerge for you that these need to be handled first or these need to be handled later or these are the things I don't know about. But the more that you do that sorting, just... um the easier it becomes for you because then your brain doesn't have to focus on how everything is related Mm -hmm. versus what that one thing is. Yeah. And when you don't, when you don't sort of sort things like that way, your brain is always jumping from what is this thing? How is it related to everything else? And what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. So you do that and it's, it's just really, really complex, but it's like, what is this thing and how does it relate with everything? That's already figured out. Yeah. Then it's just, what do I do with this thing that's already here? Yeah. Okay. So just wanted to slide that out there because it's a general way of working through um, not just productivity and sort of goal setting challenges, but challenges in life. What, what is it? What's it related to? Then once you get them grouped, what do the things, which of the groups do I want to take action on? Mm -hmm. And then from those groups, which of the things in that group am I going to take action on? Perfect. All righty. Thank we'll call it a day. We'll call this three and a half questions. Okay. <laughs> All right. So again, thanks for um, prompting the questions and being on the other side of the mic, Angela. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And we got to do the high five. Oh, Ready? okay. All righty, Creative Giants. Thanks for joining us. This is our eighth question and answer episode. If you would like to ask questions, the best place to do that is in the Creative Giant Campfire, which you can find by searching on Facebook. Um, you can also look at the show notes if you're seeing this um, on the website. The other way is you can just email me at charlie at productiveflourishing.com and we'll get them scooped up and maybe your question will be in a future question and answer episode. Until next time, stand tall. We're having some great conversations in the Creative Giant Campfire, our free Facebook group. Search for Creative Giant Campfire in Facebook to join us there. 
It's where we're grabbing these suggestions, but we're also sharing prompts, micro-posts, and other content that helps us stand tall together. And if you're digging the Creative Giant Show, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes. If you're not familiar with how to do this, there's a walkthrough available on the podcast page on ProductiveFlourishing.com. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, creative giant.